Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here with you on Friday, March the 26th. Let's cross straight away to Beijing and my colleague Dr. Helena Wang, the Lancet's Asia editor, speaking in Mandarin, and a translation follows. Lincoln陈医生，他也是美国中华医学基金会的主席。Dr. Helena Wang was welcoming you in Mandarin to this special Lancet podcast for a themed issue of the Lancet, dated March the twenty seventh to April the second. Eighteen months after the launch of the two thousand and eight Lancet China series, Helena was encouraging you to read our long editorial this week, which assesses the future priorities for the ongoing health reform in China. She also mentioned an important review concerning environmental health and the issues that that puts on public health in China, and also to a comment in this week's issue concerning the metrics or how to measure China's health reforms. And finally, she introduced our guru for this Lancet special issue, Dr. Lincoln Chen, who is president of the China Medical Board, based at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts, in the United States. And earlier, I spoke to Dr. Chen, and I began by asking him to tell us more about the role and remit of the China Medical Board, of which he is president. And I should also say that Lincoln Chen is the subject of a profile in this week's China-themed issue of the Lancet. The China Medical Board is actually a private American foundation that's 96 years old. All of our endowment funds come from the original John Rockefeller. And we have the mission of advancing health, particularly through strengthening medical education and research, concentrating on China and other parts of Asia. We've been working、uh, for 96 years in so doing. And in terms of the the kind of core remit of what you're doing now, as you said, based in the United States, but with a a key role to play in understanding and communicating inwards and outwards from China. Yes, we、uh, finance and bring、uh, much technical interactions with our colleagues, particularly in the medical universities in China. For the last thirty years, we've been supporting about a dozen medical universities. Actually, in the 30, first thirty-six years. We concentrated quite a bit on the premier、uh, medical school in China, called the Peking Union Medical College. But then we've worked since 1950 throughout most of the countries in Far East and Southeast Asia. And this, I guess, next question is an impossible one to answer. It is too large. I mean, China is clearly a, a vast nation with some 1.3 billion people living there. Obviously, China is a country that's undergone or is undergoing enormous economic reform over the past couple of decades. And given that we launched the China series 18 months ago, as I said in the introduction, is it possible for you? With your expertise, to kind of take a step back and assess where is China in terms of its road to health reform? Well, as you know, China has just announced another round of health reform、uh, one year ago. China has been quite dramatic with obviously its earlier socialism, the barefoot doctors, and the universal coverage. But since 
uh, accelerating into the global market-based economy, the old system collapsed, and it's been struggling to find its new way. Uh, the government now has made a decision to achieve universal coverage equitably and to try to extend a primary health care. So the reforms cover now financing, public health, the delivery of services, and essential drugs. And where do you think China is along that road to reforms? I think it's identified the problems well, and I think it's quite aware of the international experiences, especially those in the United States, in the United Kingdom, Europe, and other Asian countries like Singapore, Hong Kong, and, and Taiwan. But it's just started the uh, reform process. So it has great challenges to overcome now. Unfortunately, it's not going to be possible for us to, to discuss every piece of content in The Lancet, either in the journal or simultaneously published online, to do with China in this week's issue. We're just going to point out some highlights. But I think it's fair to say, Dr. Chen, that there are two, two important reviews that The Lancet has commissioned looking at health reform in China. One of them is on this key issue of environmental health. What are the key environmental issues that have a direct effect on the public health of the Chinese population? The Lancet uh, review paper really uh, tackles a hugely important evolving health challenge in China, which is air and water pollution. And it underscores that China is grappling simultaneously with traditional threats like contaminated water, sanitation, and especially indoor air pollution, but also modern threats, especially industrial waste, city air pollution, chemical uh, contamination of water and soil, and then now uh, a next generation of emerging uh, threats, including energy use and its contributions to global warming and climate change. So all three are going on. The health impact is significant. The estimates in the paper suggest that there are 2.4 million avoidable deaths due to environmental health hazards. And in terms of what the authors conclude, do you want to just pick up on that and, and what, how they see the priorities? And, and, and indeed, do you agree with them? Well, I think the priorities are to first recognize the severity and the importance of environment and health. And the second is to undertake across the spectrum the kinds of policies and programs that will be needed to address them. So this is not a single single step issue. It's a multifaceted range of health uh, problems. But I think the paper shows that, you know, it can be done. I mean, the, it, it pointed out, for example, during the Olympics that uh, uh, urban air pollution in Beijing was very well controlled. So it does require a, a significant policy a change and political commitment. And changing tack slightly, a second review looks at, if you like, more the administrative side of the health system, and this is to do with incentives given to people working in the health sector in China. This is because incentive schemes were introduced, I guess, when the free market kind of economy started occurring in China a couple of decades ago, but reform has been needed there. Can you remind us of, of what the problems were when, when, when the incentives first came to be? I think the second paper is identifies one of the most critical health reform uh, dimensions, and that is aligning the incentives for health providers to provide quality, efficiency, equity, and to control costs. The perverse incentives that came into place over three decades on a fee-for-service uh, basis has led to over-prescription, lots of diagnostic tests, 
and uh, collapse of the primary health care system with a beefing up of the tertiary, a much more expensive system. So a major challenge for the reforms would be to realign the incentives. And this paper actually describes a series of innovations that the Chinese are experimenting with to realign incentives. Yes, they call them some, some experiments, don't they, that were started earlier in this decade, in the early 2000s. Do you want to just elaborate slightly and talk about the sort of things that these experiments are looking at? These are generic across all countries, but the Chinese are experimenting with the range of payments that uh, escape from the fee-for-service basis to case-based payments, capitation systems, global budgets, salaried staff, and performance base of reward measurements. Article uh, concludes that um, the reforms cannot succeed without these incentives being realigned and that not only will financial incentives have to be improved but also professional ethics will have to be strengthened in China. The key issue here is is this issue about equitable health, isn't it? Yes, the government actually has made a priority, the universal coverage of insurance and then equitable access to primary services, aiming for 2020. What do these authors conclude of, of the review looking at the incentive payments? I think they conclude that China is uh, dynamic and experimenting, that there will be lessons from this for China, but also for the world, but that China is also learning from other experiences around the world. Also, Dr. Chen, there's a comment, there are several comments in the issue, we should say both within the journal and published online simultaneously because there wasn't room to physically get them in the journal. Listeners, do do look out for them. One of them, I think, is covering a very important issue, and, and it may sound not particularly exciting when I say it, but it's to do with measuring the health system, isn't it, or the outcomes of the health system, the health metrics, if you like, because any quality health system has to have some very tangible measurements, hasn't it? This is a key issue for such an enormous and potentially complex country like China. There's a wonderful commentary on metrics of the health reform, because the question is, how will the Chinese or the world know whether the reforms have been successful? And uh, what will be adjusted to improve what will be inevitable gaps and and failures? Uh, The commentary cites that the government has already announced that they will track 19 uh, indicators, but then the commentary proceeds to discuss uh, some of the subtleties and complexities of measurement and tracking of the health reforms. And also to mention to listeners some of the comments, as I said, published online simultaneously. Do look out for those. Examples include tobacco control using Hong Kong as an example, and also the state of play with uh, blood transfusion in China. Well worth a read as well. If you had a kind of wish list or if you like a magic wand, what issues do you think the Lancet and the Lancet journals should be focusing on in the future when we continue to cover, as we will do, the health reforms in China? What do you you think are going to be the key issues moving ahead? Well, I would strongly encourage the Lancet to continue a series of this sort because this is 1.3 or 20% of the world's population undergoing massive health as well as economic uh, transformation. And just the scientific understanding of what's happening what we're learning, what the Chinese are learning, and how these can be shared is perhaps uh, the most important uh, lesson. I also think there's uh, an importance to trying to understand a bit of the Chinese recent past. We have very little understanding, actually, of what happened during the Cultural Revolution 
and in the immediate post-independence period, there's been both a condemnation as well as an over-romanticization of those periods. And I think it'd be important to try to understand uh, exactly what the history uh, shows and what we can learn from those earlier episodes. That's an, an interesting point. And do you think that's that's something that's easy to do, to, to dig up the sort of uh, the historical experience? Is that something that China would be willing to do? I think there are lots of uh, Chinese leaders who themselves were barefoot doctors and otherwise, and I think it would be very important to get uh, case recordings of their experiences so that a larger picture can be formed that is based more on the ground realities of what actually took place during the recent history. Well, it's a fascinating topic. Uh, Dr. Chen, we're very grateful for your time. And as I said, this is just a flavor of some of the content in this theme, this China-themed issue of The Lancet, which is dated March the 27th to April the 2nd. Dr. Lincoln Chen on the line from the China Medical Board, which is at the Harvard University in Massachusetts in the United States. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. Thank you very much, Richard. Well, many thanks to both our contributors this week, Dr. Helena Wang and Dr. Lincoln Chen, and to you all for listening. See you next time.